Blog Talk Radio. Oh, hold on a second. I got it on it for, and it went back to loop again. Hold on, three, two, one. Okay, here we go. All right. This is All About Wine, the talk show dedicated to the wine industry since 2009, featuring winemaker, cellar master, vineyardist, and tasting expert, Ron. Basically, what we're trying to do on this program is just trying to educate people and trying to make wine less confusing and more friendly. From coast to coast and around the world. You know, we really have had some, some neat people on the program. I, I just, I love that. Post your questions and comments during the live show on our Facebook page at www.facebook.com forward slash allaboutwinebtr. Again, that's www.facebook.com forward slash allaboutwinebtr. And now, All About Wine is on. Here's Ron. All right. Welcome to the show. Everybody's excited. Yeah. I like to hear that. Um, yeah. So, uh, what, it, what's the name of the hurricane that's on the coast? Norman, is it? Oh, uh, didn't know we had a hurricane. <laughs> well, it's up on oh, Texas and, and uh, um, Louisiana and Alabama and, and, and you know. Mississippi heading toward fingers dropping in top of us. So we have. Uh, uh, there's a disturb. There's a, two disturbances out there. Nicholas. Nicholas, that's it. No, Nicholas. I knew it was an N. Nicholas. I mean, Nicholas. Nicholas is giving us rain. He's been giving us rain all day long. And uh, it's kind of it's gone down. It's a uh, maximum sustained winds as of 4 p.m. Central, which is. Uh, Anyway, uh, 25 mile per hour winds uh, as oh, of 4 yeah. p.m. Okay. We won't convert that, but uh, there's a disturbance. Uh, disturbance two, uh, 70% chance of cyclone formation within 48 hours, but that's off the coast of Georgia, South Carolina, North Carolina, South Carolina, and uh, in that area. But it's out in the Atlantic. And then disturbance one is way out uh, in the Atlantic. Uh, not sure where it's going, but uh, that has a 70% chance of uh, formation within 48 hours. So uh, it's, it's high. But, uh, yeah. yeah, Nicholas has uh, been X'd. It's uh, just a remnant now. Not a big but deal. But it's lots of rain, though. Yeah, and it's it's terrible because it's just uh, west of New Orleans, and, you know, they've had enough already. So, yeah, and uh, being on the west, not, on the east side, that's the bad thing about it, too. You know, that's, yeah, that rain and it's sending <laughs> rain all across all across to us and everything else too. That's mm-hmm. <coughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, that's uh, uh, I've been getting some rain. Let's see, here we go. Here we go. I just Odette is the next one, next name storm, and then it'll be Peter and then Rose. So uh, those mm-hmm. ones sitting out there in the water, Odette, Peter, and Rose is our next ones. Um, yeah, they uh, uh, they're saying that. Uh, the second one you mentioned there is the one that could be headed toward us here in Florida. So uh, yeah. we'll have to see see what happens with that. But, uh, you yeah. know, uh, 
we're getting we're getting the rains from that latest one there, and it's it's been raining most of the day because of it. So, Some heavy showers. Yeah, we're getting a lot of showers around because of it. So, but it's settled down now, and for some reason, it's just an evening. It's nice and quiet. So they quieted down so we can get the radio program in tonight without any disturbance. Yeah. Hopefully. Tropical disturbance. <laughs> without any tropical disturbance. <laughs> now, Mike will be leaving us next week for a week. He's going to he's flying out to San Diego to do a uh, an adventure, actually. Yes. Yeah. He's going out there, you know, I keep telling you that he's got his Saturday morning radio program. And mm-hmm. uh, part of that is the reason he's flying out to San Diego. So one of the yep. benefits of doing a Saturday morning radio program, you get to go to San Diego for three or four days. Huh? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're, super, they're, they're, uh, they're flying in from uh, Britain. They're flying in from... Uh, Oh, what's what am I thinking? Not Cancun. What's that? Paraguay? Paraguay? Is that Paraguay. Place? Paraguay. South America? Yeah, yeah. One guy, yeah, one guy's in Paraguay and uh just from all over. Uh it's oh. a big deal. Uh, wow. You you so, think you have to change planes a lot. My gosh. Oh. Oh yeah. It's, it's that can't be fun. And then they have to go through, you know, special um because of COVID, there's special restrictions. Oh. They can't country right away, you know, there's there's some there's a lot out there now. Yeah, it's definitely uh, changed. True. The people from okay. uh, Britain do they fly over the North Pole uh, and come in that way, or do they fly east and go across the Pacific Ocean? The only one that I know of uh, from Britain coming over uh, went to Cancun, Mexico first for two weeks. Ah. Uh, and then flew into uh, Tampa actually on Tuesday. Oh. And then before going to Tampa. Yeah, so he's going to be here and then leaving out of Tampa uh, for San Diego. But uh, he said he was down in. Uh, he flew. He flew from London to France, and then from France, I guess, to Cancun on a pretty good sized jet. Obviously, uh, probably a single engine. But anyway, um, and went to Cancun for like two weeks, but had to. He just said that, you know, the test and everything that, you know, they have to make sure that they're COVID free and it's just, uh, it's amazing. So, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm flying around the world like that. It's tough now. Yeah. Yeah. That's a big big difference. Um, But, so just uh, do what they tell you. Next week, you're going to be tuning in to just me because Mike will be gone, although he will do the opening page, the greeting page for you before he leaves. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but, and that is just a gentle reminder to you, Mike. Be sure you do that for me. <laughs> and he's still doing his Saturday, this Saturday morning radio show, so tune in to that, too. You know? yep. I guess Saturday. that's going to make you do this one. Yeah. Yep, this Saturday will be the last one. Then we'll be on and off and on uh, in San Diego. We'll be doing live remotes there too during the day. So, we'll oh, that well, that'd be fun uh, too. Yeah, as far as I know, it's going to be Saturday and Sunday. So, yeah, be I won't be able to call into that though. That's only well, maybe maybe we can. I don't know. Let's check. 
Uh, hmm. Well, just text. Just send a yeah. text. <laughs> there you go. That's well, Sky Blue Radio. Nope. Yeah. Oh. oh, hold on a second. Oh. That was the old you one. Had to... I know. Sky Blue. Why did I say Sky Blue? Yeah. I should the button to throw you off of here. <laughs> yeah, I know. Oh, my gosh. He's gonna, you have yeah, to go back in and edit that out now. You know. <laughs> yes, we have to check that out. Jetstream. Yeah. Jet sky Blue. Why did I say Sky Blue? You haven't done that in months. Yeah. Yeah. Jetstream Radio. Yeah. And online, jetstream.com. And uh, every Saturday morning from 7 to 9. And then this, not this weekend, but next weekend, they'll be in San Diego. So you can Bye. check it out all weekend. I, You know, that'd be fun to call into something like that or text you on something like that. Yeah. 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 We'll make a appearances there. But yeah. uh, good. Thank you. That's a good deal. Yeah. Um, it'll, it'll be fun. He, well, he's going to. Have a fun trip. Yeah. I always have to fly and just I don't care just fly me there. We'll go. Um, yeah. You don't know. Oh, and hopefully I'll be tasting some San Diego, California wine when I'm there. Keeping on top. Yeah, there's a lot of wine. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if you have a chance, California. you know, you may be busy the whole time. And if you are, we will understand that. If you don't yeah. bring back a report of San Diego wine, we will understand that. But uh, yeah. if you yeah, do get a chance, then we are looking yeah. forward to the report. Yeah, we'll try it. Um, we'll see what the DoorDash has, or what's that, what's that other service now? Drizzly, I think, delivers alcohol. I think that's all. Yeah, yeah, I think Drizzly delivers it all the time. Yeah, and in California, they may have a bunch of others. Who knows? You know. They, yeah. Once I once I throw out your name, you know, if I call a winery in San Diego and say, "Hey, you know, you guys know Ron, right?" Like, oh my gosh! Oh, yeah, are yeah. you serious? All about wine. Deliver yeah. whatever. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. Since 2009. Yeah. Yeah, that's the one. The show that is wine Yeah. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We right. know him. What do you need, Mike? You're, you are the Mike on the show, aren't you? Yes, I am. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We've heard that intro for a long time now, since 2018. Thank you. Um, yeah, there you go. So, so, you'll have a good trip. We're looking forward to, to your... Uh, your adventures away from your weekend out to try some wines and maybe do a little double duty there. Yeah, your uh, yeah. Sky Blue okay. and also uh, All About Wine. Did you just say Sky Blue again? Did I? Oh, my gosh. Oh, my we... God. Oh, man. Oh. You have oh to remove God. that from your There's a... Got a blank Why did I keep saying that? I, I don't know. I don't have a note or anything here for me to say that, but boy, then I did it like again. For a long time. I mean, it's been kind of ingrained. Uh, and sometimes, you know, before I do an announcement or something and I key the mic up, I keep thinking, wait a minute, ah, just stream radio. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes just it's like, did I just say, no, oh, I didn't. There's no way I said Skype. Yeah. I, so, and it just, 
came out. Just yeah. I, I, well, I apologize to you and to Jetstream for my faux pas there. Uh, but you know, we all know it's you know it's just a a brain malfunction a couple of times there. So, but you'll have fun, and uh, I look forward to your reports. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, you're welcome. And everybody, listen, listen to this Saturday and, and uh, Saturday morning, seven to nine on Jetstream Radio. And uh, also, again, maybe next weekend. Yes, <laughs> I said it right. <laughs> All right. Uh, All right. Let's see. What do we got to talk about tonight here? We've already killed part of the show on that. That's okay. Uh, Let me see. Climate change. That's what I want to talk about. Uh, Climate change. Uh, How is uh, global wine regions are responding? I found this interesting article. Uh, In August, the United Nations issued a report that uh, the Secretary General Antonio Guterres, I believe it's pronounced Guterres, uh, said that uh, a code red for humanity is happening regarding our current state and future of the planet because of global warming. And the findings were that global warming is nearing an emergency level. Humans are unequivocally to blame. And while rapid action is necessary to ensure humanity's future, certain weather patterns are going to be inevitable. And that's the dire message that the United Nations came out with. um, Back in California alone, the state applies more than 200 million pounds of agricultural pesticide annually, according to the Department of Pesticide Regulations. And 40 million of that 200 million are fumigants. Uh, which are 300 times more detrimental to the environment than carbon, mono- uh, carbon dioxide. In France, vineyards occupy just over 4% of the France's agriculture area, but uses an exorbitant amount of pesticides, 15% uh, of the uh, country's amount of pesticides. So, with those dire notes, uh, the... Uh, Businesses, millions of businesses, individuals, regions, and all that have been looking at what they need to do to mitigate some of their product and to help do it. And basically, vineyards and wine-growing regions got together and did a virtual, I believe, let me see, did a virtual seminar and they came up with different ideas and different thoughts the bordeaux strategy uh, marie catherine Tufour is the technical director of bordeaux wine council council says that uh, they began seriously assessing wine's carbon footprint back in 2008 this is the bordeaux region between 2012 and 2019 They have slashed their greenhouse gases by 24%. They have streamlined transportation of goods and their employees using local vineyards, um, local vendors, and reducing the chemical usage in the vineyard. Uh, As a region, 
they have improved their biodiversity and they've reduced their reliance on chemicals by using cover crops, which is uh, 80% cover crops, which is a good idea. If vineyards, if vineyards can do that, that seems to be the way to do it now. And the uh, agroforestry is becoming a thing where the trees actually add shade over the vineyards uh, that they don't have such a warm uh, uh, warm edge, if you will, to the to the vineyard. So uh, the most significant decision uh, Dufour admits is introduction of new red and white varieties, which they chose uh, after experimenting with 52 different varieties. They've came up with. Uh, uh, one, two, three, four, five, six different ones here, three red and three white. So that's for the simple purpose of using less water and reaching a goal of maintaining the quality vines and quality wines. Chile's strategy in 2011, Chile formalized its focus on sustainability through the Sustainability Code, code for Chilean Wine Industry which encompasses everything, including viticulture, production, workers, and even tourism. And since it was started, the uh, leading producers who encompass 123,550 acres of vineyards and accounts for 80% of the country's exports said that they have uh, reduced energy consumption by anywhere from 4 to 30% and water consumption by three to fifty-five percent. So they are doing what they can together with research and existing potential production areas. The use of plant material better adapted to new conditions and constant research and adoption of future usage for many generations," uh, said Maria Pablo. Uh, Mario Pablo Silva, who is the president of R&D Consortium Vinos de Chile. So they're doing what they can. Alentos strategy. This is Alentos, Portugal. Uh, summer temperatures can regularly top 100 degrees Fahrenheit. Average annual rainfall is barely 23 inches, which means that the region is very vulnerable to climate change. And they said the Biggest challenges are water and heat, which obviously is. But uh, this is by uh, Jao Barroso. Uh, but at the same time, he said, we have one of the highest numbers of native grape varieties in the world, more than 300. Wow. Um, we're researching how heat and stress can uh, be withstood because of the different varieties of grapes. Uh, Barroso explains that they have stringent rules to prevent overdevelopment and infringement on areas and that increased biodiversity in the vineyards uh, and functional barriers around the vineyards and are planning to plant 50,000 trees to help mitigate climate change. 50,000 trees around vineyards, uh, which We'll cool them off and all that. I I am a big tree fan myself. And so whenever they plant those trees around vineyards and stuff, I think it's a great idea. It's going to help cool it down and really do make a difference. Washington State also 
is just a few weeks away from launching its first ever statewide certified sustainability program. Uh, the president of the Washington State Wine Commission, uh, Mr. Steve Warner, says that uh, the majority of participation among wine growers and vineyards uh, are really excited about this. Washington is most concerned with the increased incident of wildfires and smoke impact. And he says research to help wine growers and winemakers prepare and deal with smoke issues is at the forefront. Blame them. That's really a tough thing right there now. Sicily. Sicily is on the cutting edge of sustainability. It has the largest organic vineyard in Italy or a uh, with the largest organic vineyard in Italy, or a total of 34% of Italy's organic surface area. So over a third of Italy's surface organic vineyards is in Sicily alone. In the past 20 years, though, harvest has begun about 10 days earlier and 4 to 5 days earlier for varieties with shorter maturation cycles. Currently, the... Uh, Consorzio di Tatulavin Doc Sicilia, which I destroyed that for you. You're welcome very much. And the Avins Asavini Sicilia have came together to establish the uh, Sustain Sicilia Foundation uh, in a bit to measure and acutely reduce the impact that aero, uh, agronomic and oenological practices have on the land and to help facilitate the sharing of best practices in respect to the ecosystem, which will in turn, quote, provide transparency to the consumer. So Sisley is trying to let everybody know this is what we're doing the best we can to do everything the best. South Africa's strategy is also uh, one of sustainability. They started, the Wines of South Africa started sustainability guidelines in 1998. Since then, 95% of growers and vendors adhered to it. 95%, that's, that's an amazing amount of growers that do the sustainability approach. The approach is holistic, encompassing environmental and social initiatives. Key elements include limits on chemicals, the introduction of natural predators and vineyards, water management, and respecting the health and safety of workers. And in the past five years, the industry has set aside 120 hectares for conservation and rewilding. And currently the focus is on experimentation with climate and disease-resistant varieties and research into water-efficient rootstocks and varieties. So there's lots and lots of areas around the world that are doing it. Companies are also taking on other w large wine companies with holdings around the world are taking this uh, rather serious too to see what they can do. The Jackson Family Wines with 40 brands around the globe recently announced a 10-year plan to combat climate change uh, dubbed Rooted for Good, Roadmap to 2030. Jack has committed to cutting the carbon footprint by 50% by becoming climate positive by 2050, which is quite quite an effort because they own so many wineries, 40 around the globe, that it's going to be a major change for some of them. And 
Farming for the Future. Uh, our friend Dr. Greg, uh, Greg Jones, who uh, is uh, atmospheric scientist and CEO of Abacella Winery in Oregon's uh, Umpqua Valley. Oh, he got himself a new job now. Um, believes that when it comes down to it, the UN's report doesn't change much. The only thing the report changed is that it states with certainty that humans have had a role in climate change, said Dr. Jones. But it's important to keep in mind that no wine region is on the precipice of collapsing. The shift in the paragraph that the report represents does not mean something, though. He does mean something, though, he acknowledges. Jesus, Ron, read it right. When I started giving talks on climate change in the 1990s, no one took me seriously, he said. I recommended that Bordeaux Ventures consider planting new grape varieties that would withstand climate change in 1995, and it took them 25 years to do it. To contend with the changing climate, Dr. Jones recommends all ventures look at the grapes they're planting, their farming practices generally, and how they can deal with as is the world as is while preparing for the future. Uh, Dr. Jones was a guest on the program uh, quite a few years ago. I guess it's been about six years, seven years ago now. Great guest. He's very, very interesting. I really enjoyed it. And I have called him on other issues over the years, too, and talked to him about different things. And he's always been very accommodating. I didn't know he is now working for a vineyard. Uh, our winery, uh, Abacello Winery in Oregon. So last time I heard, he was with a small university in Oregon. So, so. but there you go, climate change. It is here. It is here, and it will cause the vineyards a lot of problems uh, in the years coming up. It's already, they, they're blaming a lot of these wildfires in California on the climate change, and uh, oops! Uh, a lot of these wildfires on climate change, and they uh, uh, are, are, don't see uh, an end to the wildfires uh, because of it. Let's see. Uh, uh, California finally gets a normal vintage. Yeah, uh, as normal as can be. Why is um, oh, Prosecco or Prosac? Well, you say that's the same thing without the L. No, it's not. The Prosecco is an Italian sparkling wine. Prosac is a Croatian wine, a sweet wine from Croatia. And so, fearing the disadvantages for Prosecco and the confusion in the market, Italy's wine institutions are screaming because the EU has recognized Prosec as a regional denomination. Okay, but this isn't just now, all of a sudden, this is this dispute's been going on for a long time. Little known outside of Eastern Europe, uh, the Prosec is a sweet wine that has been produced for centuries from dried grapes in tiny quantities in Dalmatia and especially on the island of Havor. 
But when they joined the EU in July 2013, Croatia was banned from using its name on wine sold in EU markets because of its similarity to Prosecco. Now, eight years later, uh, following an official objection by the Croatians to this ruling, the EU Commission is preparing to publish the Croatians' authorities' new application for the term Prosec, which after uh, Italy's authorities have two months to submit a well-founded, solid counter-argument, which I'm sure that they will. The response in Italy has been immediate and angry. Uh, the uh, area, the people that represent the uh, uh, region of Italy that does the Prosecco is saying, in the face of this crazy decision by the EU, we are ready to go to the barricades to defend Italian Prosecco in any way we can, because it must be clear to everyone that the only true Prosecco is the one produced in our northern Italy. So, I mean, you know, quite adamant about this, obviously, as they should be, I suppose. Italy's Minister of Agriculture has taken a similar approach, issuing a statement that the decision of the European Commission is on the recognition of the protected geographical indication of the Croatian wine Prosec is wrong. The ministry has already opposed this recognition and will use all appropriate arguments to reject Croatia's application for restoration. Uh, they have to argue about something, I suppose. This is uh, both are rattling their sabers to protect Prosecco against possible confusing with Prosec. And all this commotion, it should be noted, is not in response to a new ruling by the EU on Prosec merely to its decision to consider the merits of the Croatian case. I mean, they haven't ruled that it's going, they're going to acknowledge it. All they have ruled that they are going to consider the case and see if they should approve it. And the uh, Italian people and uh, the Prosecco people and all that are, are screaming and yelling as if it has been done. So, hey... Uh, I, I, you know, when you see the spellings of a Prosecco, P-R-O-S-E-C-C-O, as opposed to Prosec, P-R-O-S, with a little, uh, you know, uh, mark above, a little soft vowel mark above the S, P-R-O-S-E-K, there's, I, I don't see why there would be a great confusion. I mean, I've never heard Prosecco referred to as Prosec as a shortened version of it, and yet, you know, they are acting like they're going to confuse it. So, I don't know. I guess I'm on the side of Prosec and Prosecco aren't going to be confused, but we'll see. As the news continues, we'll see how that goes and what they happen to say about it. I'm sure that it will pop up more. Uh, let's see. Uh, wineries. I, Maryville Vineyards acquires Mount Veeder Vineyard. I, Mount Veeder has been around for a long time. I don't know if you're familiar with Mount Veeder. You, you might have seen the wine labels around. They, they've been around. Mount Veeder has been around for some time. 
but Maryville Vineyard has acquired Mount Vitor. Maryville was uh, founded in 1983, uh, and it is... Uh, <sighs> Right in the middle of Napa, I've attend, I've been to Maryville quite a few times over the years, and it's right in the middle of Napa. And uh, it, they now have acquired Mount Vita, uh, Mount Vita, and what caught my eye on that is that there are so many wineries that are being bought out by other wineries now. It's just it's becoming the thing. I don't know if it's repercussions of the COVID and wineries aren't able to keep up with the what what we want to call it the new normal of online sales and virtual tastings and all that. Or uh, whatever it is, but uh I'm seeing a lot of different wineries being bought out by another. And this is just the latest here because I've been to both of these wineries and it just uh, seems funny that uh, we are, uh, you know, one of them is buying out the other. It seems funny to me anyway. Mount Vitor is high elevation. It's on it's on Mount Vitor uh, in Napa. And, uh, really is, is a neat winery and they make some very nice wines. You can find my Mount Vitor wineries at the store, so... Uh, they're all over the place. Uh, Maryville is a little bit higher cost, so you're going to have to find those in, you know, liquor stores and stuff. But in Mount Vitor, you can usually see those in places like grocery stores and stuff. Okay, let's see. There's something else on this list here that I want to talk to you about. Oh, okay, yes. Shipping changes. Global wine supply chain buckles under the COVID-19, causing severe shipping delays. This really did catch my eye. It caught my eye because the containers, the shipping containers are pricingly rare they're they're being what's happening is they're shipping items across the ocean to different places and they are not able to fill up the containers and ship them back to wherever they came from or to other destinations and so therefore places that are shipping out a lot of stuff are not able to get a lot of stuff shipped back to them like on normal channels. And so the big metal shipping containers that are being used are ending up in places where they're not shipping them out as fast as they're getting them in. And so, therefore, there is a backlog in places. Now, if all that makes sense to you, I I, know it says so. But the article says, for more than 18 months into the pandemic, the vast network of ports, containers, and freight companies that move wine around the world is buckling under the ongoing stress of the pandemic, which is causing severe shipping delays and skyrocketing shipping costs. That is going to end up hurting us. And it says, you know, as the holiday season approaches, it's really going to be noticeable. 
backlog of shipments and lack of containers and rising costs and port disruptions due to COVID-19 outbreaks means that normal shipping time from Europe and Oceania, or Oceania to Asia has been prolonged from weeks to more than three months. Wow. The disruption has caused uh, what they describe as a domino effect since the early, 19, or early 2020 when COVID started to spread around the world. It said uh, Bojan Redelevikir, who is the Deputy General Manager at Lynx Concept, I destroyed his last name, I'm sorry, Bojan. When staff from ports are infected, ports close and, ship con- and cargo ships were rejected uh, in barking. And that's what happened. Now, you may have seen pictures of loaded container ships setting out harbors in different areas because they could not get in to unload because of not enough staff workers or because of the closing of the docks because of COVID. So when the ports are infected, the ports close and the cargo ships sit out there. They they can't come in. They can't do anything. They are stuck. And China's early recovery and export boom also means that container shipping from China to the U.S. and Europe increased during the pandemic. Now, this caused a severe shortage of available containers heading to China and the rest of Asia, especially from wine-producing countries in Europe and U.S. and New Zealand and Australia. And so it hurt the shipment into China. Uh, a little understanding delay. Okay, high demand of containers from China to the U.S. and Europe. Shortage of containers heading east to China, Hong Kong, and the rest of Asia. Ship congestion and backlog, which also lack of berths available to unload the ships. And then this created the ocean freight that ends up four times more expensive, and air freight now is running ten times more expensive. And believe me, if they charge ten times more to get something here, it's going to be passed on to you. It's not going to be something that you're going to uh, say, oh, well, that's sad. I, I wish it never happened. You will wish it never happened because you'll see the price increase for well, wine, since this is all about wine, but a lot of other stuff, too, as far as that goes. In anticipation to delays, uh, the wine merchants have planned uh, shipments at least three months in advance. And so they are now trying to get stuff in here for uh, Christmas, Chinese New Year, uh, Thanksgiving here in the States, and all sorts of stuff coming up. They're trying to get as much as they can across. The lack of containers from wine-producing countries going to China and Hong Kong has also caused delays, and these are problems because they're having to reroute these around and get this done. And wines that were destined to Hong Kong are being rerouted to Shanghai, Singapore, and other places, and this is causing containers in Hong Kong to be, well, not not to have containers in Hong Kong. But the United States has hit the hardest for some reason. This is according to merchants, 
The hardest hit place is the U.S., the world's biggest wine consumer and also leading wine producer. Uh, ben Zhang, uh, senior trading and brand manager of the largest wine retailer in Hong Kong, told uh, the news here that the wine supplies from the U.S. saw the longest delays among other countries in origin. So since last December, they've managed to only ship out one reefer container. That's a refrigerated container. Um, so, I mean, one. Wow, that's nothing. Uh, they said that uh, uh, different uh, American premium wines, Antica, Macamus, uh, Continuum, uh, and Altoya wines, whose portfolios include cult brands like Harlan, Bond, Colgan, complaining about the log jams from the U.S. and about the worst they have ever seen. And that uh, uh, the wine industry in Hong Kong, mainland China, and some areas in Asia and Europe are no longer exceptions either. The U.S. is just uh, in the worst category right now. Categories taken the biggest hit are big volume movers, like countries like France, Spain, Italy, South America, Champagne also seems to be affected, um, noting that uh, the company's premium U.S. brands still have reasonable stocks in Hong Kong, so they are not uh, completely completely hurting getting U.S. champagne. With the holidays coming up, you know, we'd hope not. Um, it says the U.S. delivery uh, that took five days can now stretch to two and a half months coming out of Britain, but they say this is part of the Brexit problem. It was uh, not planned out well. It says uh, that wines from New Zealand also suffered delays because of the country's strict lockdown measures during the COVID-19, and so therefore it slowed shipments out of New Zealand. Uh, Brexit, because of the uh, Brexit uh, New England getting out of the EU, that has stretched out delays there. And uh, chilling wines will probably suffer from the soaring freight costs, too. Cheap wine needs low freights to be competitive, and it is not there. So you're not seeing inexpensive wines coming up from Chile or Australia or, well, New Zealand because of their lockdown. They just opened back up. So the prices of some of your favorite wines that have been sitting around your shelves or that you have bought are going to get more expensive. There's not much we can do about it, I'm afraid, either. It is going to get, because of the shipping and COVID-19, everybody's talking, oh, yay, everything's great. We're doing virtual tastings. We're doing everything we can to keep going, but that's great. But now these are the repercussions, things don't just stop, they continue. And this is the repercussions of the COVID-19 and the shipping and everything else that goes with it. So it's uh, it's going to affect our pocketbooks, I'm afraid. When you go down to buy your favorite wine that you've been getting from, well, France or South America or, or Italy or any Spain, anywhere, it's you're going to start seeing price increases on them and maybe not even have them available on the shelf. 
if you can find them, and then they will be more expensive. So, bad news. Sorry to deliver that one to you, but that's that's what's happening out there with that. All right. I knew there was something on that one. Yes. That's news. That's news that just came in today, too. Okay. I have... Where is it? No, no. Yeah. Um, no. Hmm. Oh, that's not what I wanted. Let's see. Oh, here we go. Ennery River. Ennery River. Uh, that's a winery that I've talked about many times before. They're located in Newberry, uh, South Carolina. And they are going into their fall season and their uh, fall unpack the porch festivals free admission every Sunday from 2 to 6 uh, except for October the 10th they're going to be closed then but every Sunday uh, from 2 to 6 uh, from now until November 21st it's going to have wine music and food events and all sorts of stuff going on uh, they also have their continuous special uh, order online say three dollars per bottle uh, when you buy a set of two or more uh, buy a case so and pre-order a case of 12 and get one additional bottle free uh, they also have the Newberry Harvest Festival coming up which is October the 9th from 11 to 6, that's next month, um, yep. hosted and presented by Henry River Winery. And it's one week left to save $10 off of adult tickets. So you can go to Henry River. Is it henryriver.com? I mean, it's up here. Henry River Vineyards. And uh, you can order tickets, use the code festival uh, to save yourself ten dollars off of tickets if you want to be in that area but the newberry harvest festival is uh, coming there uh, let's see harvest festival cranberry wine uh oh, it doesn't say much more about the festival except well, let's see what does this button do oh there we go yeah it does tell us a little bit more about it uh, it says, rain or shine, four wineries, two live bands, two food trucks, 30 local vendors, cranberry wine, wine slushies, and more. Day of cash admission at entry. Pre-purchase adult tickets and save $10 using festival as the code. And is the new, I don't know how much the tickets are. Let's see if it says here anywhere, but save $10 there. That's seems like a lot well here we go $35 for adult tickets 6 to 20 year olds $10 kids under 5 free you can take your kids to it obviously they can't drink but uh, you can save $10 for $25 for adult tickets if you use the code which should be a lot of fun there's no rain date for this it's uh, Let's see, what does it say? Cranberry TV for long season. This year we had two bands with live music. And uh, they say, please consider wearing a mask and social distancing. There's no rain date. 
the event will proceed unless there is a hurricane. So I tell you, <laughs> there might be one coming up off the, across the Atlantic now. Who knows? So there you go. That's uh, Ennery River. Um, great people. They they stopped by the winery when we had the winery, and uh, we talked a long time there. But uh, great people and great wines. They brought me a bottle of wine and I had a chance to taste it. So so the Ennery River Festival is coming up. That again is going to be October the what did I say third? I click out of my pages and start looking at other stuff and I lose no October the ninth from ten thirty AM to six PM. And it's gonna be at Henry River Winery at one six five oh Dusty Road in Newberry, South Carolina. And uh their phone number is 803-276-2855. And they are located in, let's see, just outside Newberry. I've got a map here. I'm trying to find a big place to be able to guide you. And there is none. Jeez, there they are out there, aren't they? A um, bunch of lakes around there. Uh Let's see, what was that? Columbia, South Carolina is southeast of them. So there's a there's the closest bigger town that I recognize anyway, plus they got a bunch of smaller towns around and all that. Uh yeah, Columbia. Spartanburg is north of them too. I've heard of Spartanburg. So, Henry River Winery. And their festival coming up on October 9th. Okay. We had a guest on. I don't know how long ago now. I lose track, obviously, of, of how long these our guests have on. It's just because we have so many great guests that, you know, I start confusing how long ago they were. And I see something else about them. And it reminds me. And then I think, wow, that's been a long time since we've talked to them. But I'm referring to uh, uh, Vinovest. Vinovest is the wine investment people that we talk to, Vinovestors. And uh, it's uh, the ones where you can get into investing in wine and, uh, you know, the futures, wine futures and uh, stuff like that. Interesting talk. The man was, you know, very interesting. If you have money, you can invest in wine, which he said that it's a better return than any of the markets, except this last quarter. Now, he sent me this, which I thought was interesting. Uh, This was the date of this chart that he sent me. Let's see. It was a week ago. So the date was last Thursday, and you know, last no, 11:30 at night. So I didn't get a chance to pass on to you during last Thursday's show. So this is a week ago. The market, Vinovest 100 wines, they went down three quarters of not just one percent, but S&P during that same period, S&P 500. Went up 2.67%. The Dow was up 1.45. Gold, if you happen to have 
gold, it went up 1.36. Bitcoin up 16.61. And NASDAQ went up 4.4%. I almost think Bitcoin might be the best investment, but then again, next week we can look at that, and Bitcoin could be down 50%. I, you know, it's just the way Bitcoin is. So if you're brave enough to own Bitcoin, great for you. It can be a great investment. In fact, a lot of other places, I'm just reading places are taking Bitcoin. I read somewhere where a couple of wineries are looking at taking Bitcoin as payment for uh, wine ordered online. So I don't know how they're going to do it. I mean, Bitcoin is so volatile but that's uh they're they're looking at taking that online so this uh this is wine to drink a wine to invest they're saying that it's not unusual for it to go down a little bit for a short period of time and it will climb again it says that uh it's not something that you need to panic just because it went down a little bit in one period they also said they have a new tier level the new tier called the plus tier. Uh, I don't know if you remember, he said if you have $10,000 to invest in wine, you can get started and get yourself some nice wines and have them stored and everything. The new tier, 10000 to 50000 Now, any of my listeners out there in that tier, great for you. I love that. That's fantastic. You might look at investing in wines. I would guess that most of you do not have... 50,000 sitting around right now, especially after going through a year and a half of what we just went through. But if you're those who do have it before it is taxed away from you, invest in some wine. And let's see, and they said October or August, uh, well, it was uh, one of the worst months. Uh, the article here says one of the worst months they ever had as far as investment goes. Uh, they said the wine went down, which is very unusual. Uh, it's, uh, you know, the economy and everything with it. I'm just looking at some things here and nothing to share. But there you go. Uh, the uh, VinoVest is uh, wine investment. Oh, here we go. Fun fact. What's this pun fact say? Procyanidins, polyphenol compounds found in red wine, are associated with inhibiting cholesterol plaque in blood vessels. We're not saying down wine like water, but that is pretty darn cool fact. So there you go. But VinoVest, uh, again, a guest we had on a couple of weeks ago. And let's see, not there, not there. I knew I had another winery I wanted to mention. Uh, Anthony uh, from V was on March 18th. March 18th? CEO CEO of uh, VinoVest, wine investment company. Yeah. Well, I, I said six or seven months ago. That's about right. You know. Yeah. Uh, I was looking recently. But God, didn't wasn't he on before then? That's yeah. Flew by. I know. Time. That's what I say. We we lose track of the times on, on yeah. when these people are on. It's just unbelievable how 
we say, oh, they were just on a couple months ago, and we look it up, and it's a couple of years. You know? yeah. It's yeah. like I was talking to Greg Jones there. I mean, I hate to think how long it's been since our first interview with him. I, it had to be six years or more. I mean, it's just, it's just yeah. amazing. So, well, I read up uh, Greg Jones uh, joined uh, – it's the family winery uh, founded by Earl Jones uh, and uh, Hilda Jones. Uh, but he joined them as CEO in August of uh, this year. So, oh, uh, new. he's got a lot of wow. last month. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It's what it, what it shows in his uh, under the Abba Abbasella. I hope I'm saying that right. Uh, it's under their story. It tells about their team and uh, has uh, all their photos and everything and uh, bios. So, yeah, pretty oh. interesting. Uh, yeah, Greg yeah. Jones is a very educated, very interesting man. I really, I, I, I keep singing his praises, but I, I'm really impressed with him and his knowledge on, on vineyards. Oh, yeah. And if y'all want to hear a good interview, go to the archives and look up the one we did with Greg Jones, and that he was with the University of Oregon, I think, at the time, and yeah. uh, he. Yeah. Was really, I mean, he, he knew his stuff. He, we were talking about uh, how the soil affects it and, and all sorts of stuff. It uh, affects the grapes and all that. So, really, a, a yeah. educated man, and, and I enjoy talking wine to him. Uh, um, atmospheric scientist and uh, wine climatologist. Um, uh, let's see, was it uh, what was it over twenty five years of research and experience yeah. with uh yeah, it's amazing um but yeah so they joined the joined his uh the family winery in, wow uh, 2020 well that's that's you know because he was with university of oregon and i tried to find mm-hmm. him a couple of years ago to talk to him about something i couldn't find him and i finally found him at another little small university and then mm-hmm. now i see he's with a a family-ran winery oh that's that's funny um <laughs> Uh, speaking of, uh, let's see, what is this? Oh, speaking of climate, here's smoke. A uh, North Coast judge has denied release of wine held in smoke damage case. Uh, hmm. As long as they keep arguing about the smoke damage, this this could get very interesting and uh, especially with the wildfires going out there. It says the Sonoma County wine grape grower had a setback in trying to convince a Lake County judge to order the release of tens of thousands of gallons of 2020 wine being held by Venter that alleges, that's alleging hundreds of thousands of dollars in smoke damage from the fruit. Lake County Superior Court Judge Michael Lunas denied a request from Torrick Farms, a company led by former North Coast winery executive Hugh Reimers, uh, for release of over 45,000 gallons and wine being held in tanks and barrels so it can be sold in bulk. He said, no, you can't release it. It is, you've got to hold on to it. So that's, I mean, 45,000 gallons, it, <laughs> you know, even even at a dollar a gallon, which is ridiculous, it'll never be that low. But that's forty five thousand dollars right there, and you know it's not going to be sold that low. It's going, you know, at least triple, you know, four times that. And 
that's an enormous amount of money, and they're holding it because it's smoke damaged and tainted. And it, it says here, let's see, the operative factual issues in this case are ultimately going to involve the question of whether the grapes were smoke tainted or not, actual or constructive knowledge as to the condition of the grapes. And so there you go. That's you know, And this is one that we're reading about. There's a lot of arguments there uh, about how the grapes could be tainted and the they knew about it uh, before they sold it to wineries because, well, we've talked about smoke taint before and how serious it is. Now you really can't detect it unless you, uh, until after the wine is made. And so it's it's a serious thing when you start saying, okay, I'll sell you these grapes. And then the thing says, no, they're tainted. No, they're not. You, know, you, you can't prove it until they make wine. So, so. But this judge says you can't sell them. You got to hang on to it, uh, which is uh, repercussions going to come from that too, I'm sure. And the longer they hang on to them, the less useful the grapes are going to be because it could cause all sorts of problems. So, uh, smoke and fires in California and on the West Coast, we should say, is really affecting a lot of wineries there. Speaking of, oh, let's see. Let me get out of this. There was another, let's see if I can find it. I thought it was in this one here. But there was fires in the Bordeaux region and a vineyard has a lot of smoke taint. I was reading that earlier. Where was it? Hmm. Oh, I don't know, Ralph, and I'm not going to sit here and search for it and make you wait. But there, there was a winery in the uh, Bordeaux region, I believe it was, that had a lot of smoke taint on it and lost part of their... Oh, here we go, Provence. Uh Okay. Yeah. Wildfire set through uh swept through the Var region of Provence. Uh ventures have returned to their state to survey the damage and what they can perceive with the twenty twenty one harvest. It says the majority of the burned landscape, eighteen thousand acres in total, was forest. Local wine officials estimate that over 3,000 vineyard acres was impacted by the fire. And it said approximately 600 acres of vines were partially damaged by the fire. The cloud of smoke flew over 2,400 acres of vineyards. The inner rows suffered heat damage and growers will not be able to harvest much of their crop due to over concerns over smoke taint. Around 100 ventures suffered significant crop loss. At least four domains suffered damage with buildings that burned down. Sheds for materials and equipment also burned down. Uh, wow. So that was... Uh, still, ventures remain optimistic overall for the 2021 crop, but that uh, area the... Uh, Var region in Provence is 
really, really devastated around there. The forest in the Plain de Maurice Nature Reserve, and uh, over 300 or 3,000 vineyard acres total, total impacted. Wow! So uh, it's not just here. It's not just California, Oregon, Washington, the Seven Fires, or even Utah, Nevada, and all those. Uh, Colorado. It is also uh, having fires over in. France, they're getting some high temperatures and some dry grounds and all that. So, and it's harvest season for them, just like it is here. So, all right. So, I think yeah. we are we're done for this this week. We say have a good week next week, Mike. While you're out in San Diego, uh, and, you as well. Thanks. Everybody out there too. Thank you very much. Uh, uh, yeah. Ron will be. Ron will be on his own on the 23rd. <laughs> yeah. I was just thinking, because it's 7 o'clock, 7, 6, 5, 4, so it'll be 4 p.m. there. Yeah. Yeah, I'll probably still trying to look for my you'll luggage. Be, you'll be still in the, the convention or still in the, you know, you know you'll be tied yeah. up. You won't be able to listen or tune in or anything. Well, but that doesn't mean uh, we can't tune in to you. That's true. <laughs> that's true. Thank you. Uh, yeah, well. We'll go over that sometime. But, uh, yeah, thank you very much. Um, everybody, have a great week, and um, we'll catch you next time. And if I can make it, I will try and call in. Never know. Um, All right. We'll see how it uh, That would be kind of cool. Um, that would be fun. But uh, we'll, we'll uh, tune in again next time uh, on Blog Talk Radio and all the other <laughs> Yeah, well, I'm, just, I'm chuckling because I just went back to the uh, – Went back to the studio page and noticed that uh, Mike before 8 p.m. has dropped, and we got a new Mike after 8 p.m. <laughs> oh, you saw that? <laughs> yeah, I just yeah. now, I just now went back to the studio and I, I saw. <laughs> God, it was like right at 8 o'clock. What's on? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. This is becoming a running joke. Mike keeps getting dropped right at 8 o'clock. You know. And, Mm-hmm. For some reason, we don't know why. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you we'll for tuning in. Be safe, and uh, I'll see you next Have week. week. Yeah, absolutely. Take it. Thank you. Right. We'll thank you. This concludes tonight's broadcast of All About Wine with your host, Ron. For show information, links to All About Wine on Twitter and Facebook, or to be a guest on this show, visit the show website at www.allaboutwinebtr.com. Archived shows are available for download on iTunes or on our show page at blogtalkradio.com forward slash allaboutwine. Thank you for listening. Drink responsibly, and we'll see you next time on All About Wine. Oh, there we go. That is good.